and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind how they came to be. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Okay, but first I need to take a moment. Did you hear that? I now have an intro song for the podcast and I'm so excited. That was a song composed by my wonderfully talented brother, Joseph Miller, and he named it I Just Went For It, which feels so accurate in so many ways. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to go back and add it to all the other podcasts, but just know that this was the day that we officially added it. This is the inception of now having theme music. I love it. I'm so excited. Okay. Thank you. That's it. Thanks for letting me geek out. I love it. I'm just... It's fine. Okay. Welcome to the podcast. Let's get things going. So this last week, I was in North Carolina visiting my uncles and in the midst of our most excellent trip full of excellent food and music and lots of good fun, I got a mosquito bite. And mosquitoes and I are not friends. I tend to experience a lot of swelling around mosquito bites, like baseball sized, and this trip was no exception. So the solution that I found is usually to just cover up the bite with a band-aid and wait it out, no scratching. Not a very technical solution, but with some patience, it works. And it got me thinking about today's topic. As a kid, I remember the exciting band-aids, the ones that had superheroes, Disney characters, cartoons, or animals on them. And honestly, the ones that I remember best from my childhood were a clear plastic band-aid with a large humpback whale on them. We tried to see through the paper covering up the band-aids to make sure that we got the specific whale that we wanted. Making a band-aid have a fun pattern made the whole experience of actually needing a band-aid just a little less painful. So let's talk about the highlight of getting an owie, the seemingly simple band-aid. All over the world, there are lots of names for the nifty little devices. Band-aids, which is actually the brand name. So band-aids, sticking plasters, medical plaster, or just plasters, or elastoplast as they are better known in the UK. But before we jump into the story of the modern day Band-Aid, let's take a moment to step back in time and see how our ancestors dealt with dressing wounds. In 1500 BC, the Egyptians were known to use honey to dress wounds. Honey was used because it would protect the wound from infections and bacteria. They would initially clean out the wound with salt, date wine, copper, and other alternatives. They would also sometimes pack meat into the wound. This allowed for some of the coagulants from the meat to help stop the bleeding. In fact, to stop an infection, an old remedy was to use moldy bread to pack into or around the infection. The mold acted like penicillin. While these methods were useful, there were sometimes other methods that sound a little less useful. I mean, they had their uses, but like, they just sound a little less friendly. For example, while treating the fears of a more spiritual nature, that a wound left one vulnerable to spiritual danger as well, some would treat the wound with donkey dung to protect against spiritual dangers. And while this doesn't sound ideal, it is possible that some of the dung would contain antibiotic substances like proteins that could still help the healing process. In Mesoamerica, wounds were treated or cleaned with fresh urine, which was sterile, and then they would use different plants to stop the bleeding. Agave and egg whites and salt were also used to keep infection away. Spiderweb silk was also used as a bandage and would stop the bleeding. Another extremely useful tool was pine resin mixed with turpentine. 
which was used to treat burns, itches, wounds, scars, and other diseases. Wet tortillas were also allowed to grow a green fungus on them, and then they were used to treat wounds as well. Other Native Americans also used blueberries, cranberries, sage, yarrow, bark, and other plant fibers to cover and treat wounds, which would also allow the airflow to come in and out by using different barks. In China, honey was also used to kill bacteria and treat wounds. In China, green tea, bronze instruments, licorice, soaked mushrooms, antiseptics, and herbal powders and remedies were also used to treat or protect against infections. In Greece, in 460 BC, the ancient Greeks would use vinegar to clean the wound and would wrap fig leaves around it to protect it and allow it to heal. The Romans had a different remedy. In the first century AD, physicians would use lead, spices, and silver in ointments to tend to wounds. The spices used had specific antiseptic qualities and included mint, thyme, and saffron. These specific remedies, however, fell out of use as the West moved into the Dark Ages. They were just lost. In the 1860s, surgical gauze used to treat wounds started to use an antiseptic treatment. This was brought about by Joseph Lister, who had seen carbolic acid used to treat sewage stench and decided to start using carbolic acid and other methods on his surgical gauze as an antiseptic. Later in 1887, the Johnson & Johnson Company started to mass-produce sterilized gauze and dressings. A year later, in 1888, in an effort to sell packaged sterilized gauze and dressings to railroad workers, Johnson & Johnson sold the first effective first aid kit, which were also sold to the public. The Band-Aid, which is a brand of sticky plaster made by the Johnson & Johnson Company in the United States, was invented in 1920. Initially, it was invented by a man trying to help out his wife. The man was Earl Dixon. Earl was a cotton buyer at Johnson & Johnson, and Earl and Josephine, his wife, were newlyweds at the time. His wife, Josephine, had a habit of nicking or burning herself frequently while cooking, and she would usually just tie cotton around it and try and keep going, but that wasn't sustainable with washing your hands and continuing to cook, and it just kind of became a problem. And She talked to her husband about it. So Earl made an effort to help his wife by creating a plaster that could be self-applied without assistance from others and would stay on. Dixon passed this idea on to Johnson & Johnson, and they took the idea and ran with it. Initially, Band-Aids were actually not very popular. They only made about $3,000 in the first year. They were also handmade in the beginning. It wasn't until a few years later, in 1924, when machine-produced Band-Aids were introduced, that they began to become more popular. In 1939, Johnson & Johnson also began to sell sterilized Band-Aids. Dixon himself had a great career at the company, retiring in 1957 as a vice president. When, in 1921, Johnson & Johnson took adhesive band-aids to the market, initially the band-aids were about 3 inches wide and 18 inches long. At first they didn't sell well, but when Johnson & Johnson hired traveling salesmen to introduce the product to doctors, butchers, and pharmacists, the product started to take off. By 1924, Johnson & Johnson had pivoted slightly in band-aid length and mass-produced three-inch long bandages that were three-quarters of an inch wide. These bandages did not need to be cut with scissors. During World War II, millions of band-aids were used and shipped abroad. Since that time, Johnson & Johnson's band-aids have grown into an estimated sale of 100 billion U.S. dollars worldwide. In 1951, the company introduced a fun spin on band-aids, introducing fun designs. And in 1956, the Stars and Stripes designed band-aids were introduced and became a hit. This led to later designs like smiley faces, Disney figures, Barbies, Rugrats, Spider-Man, superheroes, beluga whales, and more. 
In 2002, Johnson & Johnson introduced liquid bandages, and from there the company and other companies have continued to innovate, like adding quilted padding, which allows for more airflow and is more effective in absorbing, you know, whatever it needs to absorb. And then they also innovated further to water-resistant bandages and more. Aside from Johnson & Johnson's Band-Aids, there are other brands and Band-Aids with specific purposes. While generally speaking, Band-Aids are meant to protect wounds from infections, friction, or damage, they are also helpful in holding together an open wound so that it closes and heals on its own. Butterfly closures are especially useful for this purpose, and they're in a lot of first aid kits. When it comes to the band-aid itself, the package that it comes in is usually made out of paper, while the adhesive part of the band-aid is usually made from plastic, latex, or fabric, while the pad is usually made from cotton. While in the past, these bandages have largely been produced in light shades of color that do not match all skin tones, there has recently been a push on pharmaceutical companies to create bandages in a variety of colors in order to support all skin tones, and ultimately leading to a better usage experience for everyone. You can now find more bandages that fit a wider variety of skin tones, making the inconspicuous band-aid now an experience that more people can have, which is awesome. So there we have it, a tiny little device, an innocuous invention meant to help out some newlyweds that went on to have a huge impact all over the world. And for every scraped knee, paper cut, or mosquito bite on the adventures that we go on in life, I'm grateful for the protection we get from band-aids. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care.